0: Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a short one, uh, not too much to talk about, uh, but uh, some interesting news uh, from Business Insider. Apparently Coca-Cola is planning to make massive changes to Diet Coke. They've been losing a lot of money recently. Uh, So in addition to changing the design of the can, which doesn't really show up too well on the screen, but you can check it out on Twitter, uh, they're going to be having different flavors. Uh, So they've got ginger lime, twisted mango, zesty blood orange and feisty cherry. So uh, something to be looking out for if you're interested in that. Uh, then uh, s- crazy news coming out of the U.S. Uh, the last couple of days. Uh, one, of the, one of the things uh, was tweeted out by the Associated Press. U.S. immigration agents descend on dozens of 7 stores to open employment audits and interview workers. Uh, so It's a crazy headline because it reads like it's an onion headline, uh, but it's really happening. So, uh, you know, that was one of many crazy things that happened in the U.S. since the last podcast. Uh, Then I found it interesting, uh, before we even get into the Raptors game against the Cavaliers yesterday, before the game, uh, of course, Serge Ibaka got suspended for one game, uh, but... I found it interesting that Isaiah Thomas did not get suspended, even though he clotheslined Andrew Wiggins. Uh, It kind of shows how the NBA tends to favor their bigger stars, their bigger teams, like the Cavaliers, over the Raptors. Uh, My opinion, if Isaiah Thomas played for anybody else, he probably would have been suspended for that. Um, What was really interesting, too, from Sportsnet is they said Serge Ibaka is the first player in Raptors history to be suspended by the NBA on multiple occasions for in-game incidents. Uh, That's saying something because the Raptors used to have Charles Oakley on their team, (laughs) uh, so that's pretty crazy. Um, Also pretty crazy with Serge Ibaka is he has been playing very aggressive as of late, leading up to his suspension, uh, including he had an altercation with somebody on the Raptors' own staff, so I do think it's time maybe for him to tone it down a little bit. Uh, Then there was a game uh, that the Edmonton Oilers had where they lost a goal because it was overturned because it was ruled that it was offside. And a lot of people online weren't too happy about it. Uh, Connor McDavid wasn't too happy about it. He said the offside goal review has become the foot in the crease for millennials and that the NHL needs to get rid of it. So I would agree with that. Um, Obviously also, speaking of Connor McDavid, the All-Star game, uh, for uh, the NHL is going to be coming soon. Uh, the rosters were announced, and it's interesting because of the way they have it set up now. It's a three-on-three tournament. Uh, each division playing against each other. Uh, what's kind of crazy about it is they still have the rule where each team needs to have at least one representative, which I think kind of takes away from it. But you know, then again, I probably won't be watching it. Uh, because the All-Star Game is really just for kids and corporations these days. Uh, It's not what it used to be. Um, Then uh, there was a trade that was made, which I was really shocked about. This was probably the first major trade of the year in the NHL, in my opinion. Uh, Chicago and Arizona working out a deal on Anthony Duclair. Richard Panik and Adam Clendenning were also involved as part of the deal. Um, It's interesting to me. I know Duclair has had a lot of issues in Arizona, but I think the upside on Duclair is really high, Uh, and I think that if you put him on a team like Chicago, which already has a great deal of talent, I know they're struggling this year, but you're talking about Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, uh, a a team that's won Stanley Cups. Uh, I think that this is a trade that might end up being a steal, for the Chicago Blackhawks in the future. Uh, and f- for them to take Richard Panique's, uh huge contract, I think, is a mistake as well. So I don't really understand what the Coyotes were thinking. But then again, I could say that about their entire franchise since it started. Uh, so, you know, nothing really new there. Uh, then Ken Rosenthal tweeted out Jay Bruce is going back to the New York Mets on a three year, $39 million deal. Uh, and I was laughing when I read that. The first thing I thought about is, sorry for the Blue Jays, he must not like you because he's been tied to the Blue Jays for at least three years. Uh, and there's been multiple chances for them to get this guy. Uh, I, as a Blue Jays fan, I'm actually happy that they didn't get him because I think he's overrated. I don't think he's worth three years or $39 million, and I'm happy that somebody else overpaid for him, uh, especially you know the Mets but, yeah, I think the Blue Jays are better off not getting somebody like him. Uh, I actually hope that they don't spend too much money on their outfield positions uh, just because I don't th- really think there's much there in free agency. Um, you know, if, if they go for a trade, I hope that it's somebody that can really make a difference because, to me, I really am more on board with the Blue Jays rebuilding than for them to try to contend again. Uh, I just don't think they have what it takes anymore to beat the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Angels if we're talking about the wild card Uh, they're not a playoff team in my mind so you know it's better for them to rebuild uh, and losing somebody like Jay Bruce I think kind of helps that process along if you ask me Uh, What was also interesting, though, was Ken Rosenthal said the Astros considered Jay Bruce a fallback option if they traded an outfielder off their current roster, possibly Derek Fisher. Such a deal obviously didn't happen, and when the Mets stepped up, Bruce chose not to wait. uh, Which, again, kind of shows you that this player's judgment is pretty bad, if you ask me. So he had a chance to play on the defending World Series championship team, but didn't wait to take it. Well, the entire rest of the free agent market is pretty much waiting to see what happens. This guy was impatient and he took the money with the Mets instead of possibly a better fit, a better option with the World Series champions. Uh, So again, you know, I think the Blue Jays lucked out not getting this guy, uh, even though I know they probably wanted him. Uh, Then there was this clip, which I thought was hilarious. I don't know if it's gonna play here. Here we go, so Rodney Hood was ejected from the game uh, from the Utah Jazz, and he swatted some guy's, f- some fan's phone out of his hands, because he had it in his face. Uh, so pretty funny moment there in the NBA. Uh, Jay Bruce's deal with the Mets is backloaded, which to me makes it even worse. Uh, Ten million dollars this season. million dollars in 2019 and 14.5 million dollars in 2020 Uh, So again, I think the Blue Jays dodged a bullet there. I certainly don't think that guy's worth that, especially as he ages Um, Then on a totally different subject uh, I found it really hilarious. Apparently there's a site that generates Deepak Chopra's quotes for you uh, because he tends to have crazy quotes that don't mean anything. It's just nonsense. So somebody's actually made a site that generates quotes from him, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, Then there was this illustration, uh, which I found interesting. I was watching uh, a Joe Rogan podcast he had on a professor uh, talking about quantum physics and things like that. And he pointed out the difference between what you used to draw in science class versus what the fuck it really was with the electron cloud. So not quite as precise as what you would draw in science class. So uh, pretty interesting image there. Uh, then a couple of days ago, I was watching the Leafs play the Senators and I was dying laughing because a Senators fan <laughs> was really getting in the Leafs fans' faces after the third goal that they scored. And I was dying laughing because their team isn't even in the playoffs. <laughs> Right now, so I just find it funny that Senators fans are still that passionate, even though their team isn't even a playoff team right now. And I, I don't know what the Leafs are thinking with, uh, Frederick Anderson right now. Like every time the Leafs try to tie it or they have a lead, this guy just lets in momentum sucking goals. Uh, that absolutely kills the least chances and and, you know, a lot of people were happy because he had a string of games where his save percentage was one of the best in the league. But consistency I think is what matters. And certainly if you're a goalie, being able to make big saves that don't kill your team's momentum, that's huge. And this guy is simply not capable of it. He lets in the softest of goals, he makes some silly mistakes sometimes. Uh, he's certainly to me not worth what they're paying them, I know I've, I, it's like beating a dead horse, I've said that so much on this podcast, but uh, you know, th- where the, the Maple Leafs tend to blame their defense and their blue line, I think they should start looking at their goaltending because it's not what I think a lot of people think it is, and it's certainly not worth what they're paying. Uh, then there was an article from CNBC which was pretty creepy, uh, Japanese scientists just used AI to read minds and it's amazing. Uh, using what they call deep image reconstruction, they can use AI to visualize a person's thoughts and possibly even recreate your dreams, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so that article on CNBC, you can check that out. Uh, then I was going to play this clip from The National talking about uh, trade drama heating up with NAFTA. Uh, Donald Trump's originally saying that uh, he was going to exit out of the NAFTA agreement uh, in the coming weeks, uh, because there's going to be a meeting in Montreal. But the reason why I'm not going to play this is because apparently things have changed, uh, which isn't unusual with Donald Trump's administration. Apparently he's told the Washington Post that uh, he would be willing to wait, wait it out really until the summer um, when Mexico might elect a new president, and there will be meetings in Mexico uh, with NAFTA. Uh, it was interesting, though, because as this was going on, the Canadian dollar took a bit of a dive, the peso took a bit of a dive in Mexico, uh, a lot of stocks, uh, companies that, you know, do a lot of trade within Canada, the U.S. and Mexico, they took a hit as well. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because it's it's becoming more and more clear that this guy has no idea how much of an impact NAFTA has on his country, Canada, and Mexico. Um, he views that everything is unfair, but then course, Canada recently filing a complaint against the U.S. for being unfair to the World Trade Organization. Uh, So, you know, it it seems like a complete and total clusterfuck uh, between all of these countries, uh, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. And the end result might end up being a really bad one for all three countries, if you ask me. Uh, And a lot of that, the blame to me goes uh, in every direction. It's not just Trump in the U.S. anymore. You're looking at Canada... The timing of filing that complaint with the World Trade Organization, you have to question uh, when they're in the middle of negotiations right now, I don't think that's that smart. Uh, You've seen Justin Trudeau recently in town halls making jokes about dealing with Donald Trump, uh, things that he should probably just keep to himself and not say publicly. Uh, So you know, I'm not too happy with any of the sides right now, any of the countries involved in this negotiation because they all just don't seem to understand the impact that it has on people's lives in all three countries. Um, And the other reason why I'm not playing this clip is because uh, just listening to different opinions on this, uh, from the Canadian perspective, a lot of people think that it's just best if Canada just waits it out. They play out the clock uh, because there's a couple of factors right now. Number one, Donald Trump's approval rating in the U.S. is 37%, which is absolutely brutal. And it's only getting worse, it seems like. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what his approval rating is going to look like uh, after his comments about shithole countries. Uh, That will be interesting. Uh, But also, you've got the midterm elections, which are coming up. And you've seen a string of Republican senators and representatives either retire or seek governorships because they know that they have a good chance of getting voted out of office come the midterm elections so there's a very good chance that not only is this president's approval rating going to continue to plummet but at the same time it's going to be harder and harder for anything to get passed because the democrats may take over uh, not just the house but possibly even the senate depending on what happens in the midterm elections so When I heard that perspective, that made a lot of sense to me. I think it does make sense for Canada just to wait it out. I don't think Canada is ever going to be the country to pull the trigger on leaving NAFTA. If there is a country that does that, it'll be the U.S. Uh, But it's interesting because it puts pressure on Trump in the U.S., which I think, you know, from the Canadian's perspective, that's the right thing to do uh, when it comes to NAFTA. And even from the American perspective, I know you hear a lot from politicians that NAFTA is not good for you. But if you look at the jobs that are created, and the trade, and the amount of money that comes in and out of both countries, uh, all those politicians are just feeding you bullshit, and they're trying to point a finger at something to blame for your problems, and it has nothing to do with that. So, uh, in, in a weird way, it also benefits Americans if Canada continues to play the game where they're basically just you know, letting the clock go. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, there is a clip though that I do want to play. Uh, recently, we've talked about Tim Hortons and uh, you know increase in minimum wage, prompting them to decide to cut employee benefits and even going so far as to make it so that employees can't get tips, which is absolutely insane because that really has nothing to do with the franchise. Uh, it's just a matter of the customer is willing to pay more to the worker. Uh, so very, very bizarre things that Tim Hortons is doing right now, and it continues to make their image, to most people, uh, look worse and worse uh, every time you see them in the news. It's really gotten to the point for me where I actually get sick to my stomach when I either see or hear about Tim Hortons. That's how bad it's gotten for them. And if you go back What's today? January 12th. If you go back to December 31st, I didn't have any type of feeling like that about Tim Hortons at all. So it's interesting how in just 12 days a company can lose its image the way that Tim Hortons has uh, recently. So I wanted to play this clip because it's interesting because it it comes from a perspective of what would happen if Tim Hortons workers formed a union, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. They say cut
1: back, we say fight back. They say cut back, we say
0: fight back. It was a show of support for workers whose benefits and paid breaks are being cut in response to the recent minimum wage hike. And what's interesting, the protests were organised by several unions who are suggesting this could be the perfect moment for workers to mobilise and work together to protect their interests. Stephanie Skandaris has that story. <laughs> In Coburg, Ontario, where this backlash began, more than a hundred people gathered to support Tim Hortons workers. I'd like them to, to give their benefits back, let them keep their tips, and let them have paid breaks. There's no reason to cut all of that. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. But the overriding message was clear. If I was them, I'd be trying to join a union because that's really the most important thing they could they could get is is protection of a collective agreement. It was the same scenario earlier in the day at Tim Horton's around Toronto. We want them to be okay, yes. And we want them to have respect. Yes. And labor activists had a warning for Tim Horton's parent company. The CEO better hear me loud and clear. The labor movement is gonna mobilize like Ontario has not seen in a very long time. And to the workers that are being disadvantaged, to workers that find themselves in precarious jobs. I know how you can help yourselves. Join a union in the province of Ontario. That's how we make life better for workers. Join a union. But that may not be so easy. Fast food employers are really anti-union. They're really invested in uh, union avoidance. She says employers dilute support for unions by hiring new employees, firing old ones, or moving them to another franchise. And even if workers do manage to unionize, it's not without risks. A handful of McDonald's restaurants in B.C., Ontario and Quebec unionized in the 90s, then were either decertified or shut down. Our labour legislation doesn't do enough to protect workers who want to unionize and it doesn't do enough to support workers in industries like fast food once they unionize to create good collective agreements. If Tim's workers need an example, they can look to Winnipeg. Two Tim Hortons restaurants have unionized there, one in 2015 and one this past summer. Stephanie Skanderas, CBC News, Toronto. So, pretty interesting clip there, uh, talking about really two points in history for people that work at Tim Hortons to pay attention to. Number one, the 90s where trying to unionize didn't work, and number two, what happened there in Winnipeg where two franchises actually did unionize. Uh, and it apparently has worked at least so far Um, so I'm sure this is not the end of of hearing about Tim Hortons unfortunately Uh, I think it's ridiculous that this company continues to do this shit Um, and I I believe that they deserve all of this bad publicity that they're getting because it's absolutely ridiculous when you've got small businesses that can still manage to run their business with the new minimum wage and then you've got a company like Tim Hortons that can't uh maybe they shouldn't be in business. Maybe a lot of these franchises should close that can't afford it. Um and if the excuse is, well, you know, our market share is not that great, well then you really shouldn't be in business. You know, if if you're that conservative where you're all for uh looking at what the franchise's perspective is versus the workers, then I'm sure you can also appreciate uh in terms of capitalism the free market being able to decide what succeeds and what fails and if you don't have the market share you need to succeed and you've been propped up because your workers wages were pushed low this whole time or haven't been raised for a while um you probably shouldn't be in business and you know we'll see what happens with Tim Hortons but it continues to look bad at least to me um then on a a brighter note, uh, looking at Team Canada, uh, the men's hockey team uh, has announced its roster uh, for Pyeongchang 2018, which is really just a month away now. Uh, it's crazy how quickly time flies, but it's an interesting roster uh, because it features a lot of former NHL players. Of course, the NHL not allowed to play in the Olympics this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens the next Winter Olympics, though. Uh, but for the time being, uh, the NHL not allowed to uh, compete, but a lot of former NHL players that a lot of fans will uh, remember. If you're looking specifically at the forwards, you've got players like Rene Bork, who used to play with the Calgary Flames. You've got Chris Kelly, who used to play with the Senators. You've got Mason Raymond, former Flame as well, Derek Roy, who used to play with uh, the Buffalo Sabres and Wolski who used to play with the Colorado Avalanche so you've got a lot of uh, pretty decent players I would say considering you know the talent pool that they had to choose from Uh, a lot of players obviously played in the Spengler Cup as well Uh, that is a big deal because Canada ended up winning the Spengler Cup uh, during the holiday season so you know uh, I think that this is as good a roster as you possibly could have put together for Canada and I know there's a lot of Canadians out there that are looking at this roster going well I don't really care the games are gonna be played at like 2 in the morning anyways I'm not really gonna watch uh, for me I, I'm gonna watch because I'm interested to see how they do I think it's a good roster considering what the, the talent pool that they had to pull from I'm also interested to see what the other countries decide to do I'm sure we're gonna be seeing some former NHL players on their teams as well we already know the US that definitely will be the case uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But uh, I think that Team Canada has put together a pretty solid team for the Olympics, considering the pool that they had to pull from. And I couldn't help myself. I had to make a joke uh, because one of the players that they selected, it looks like is a third string goalie, was Ben Scrivens, a former Maple Leafs. So I said, now that's a name that I haven't heard in a long time, <laughs> a long time using the old Obi-Wan Kenobi clip there. Uh, then I had to make a, a joke using that same clip from Rodney Hood uh, saying that Rodney Hood's got something for your Hawaii Jack or Huawei. Huawei is the right way to pronounce it. Your Huawei Jack. Because the phone that he flipped out of the fan's hand looked like a very cheap Huawei phone if you ask me. Uh, Josh Dossie, uh tweeted out what we were talking about earlier. Uh, more mess coming out of the US of course. Uh, Donald Trump Uh, decrying immigrants from Haiti and Africa and other places as shithole countries. Uh, Trump said he would prefer more immigrants from places like Norway. And my thoughts on that is I'm sure he would. The only problem is when he keeps doing shit like this, not only is he going to lose immigrants from shithole countries, as he calls them, he's going to lose immigrants from places like Norway, places like Canada even, Uh, because who wants to deal with the shit that's going on in the U.S.? It's become so toxic. Uh, he's, he's peeled away layers of, of racism and all kinds of ugly bigotry and bullshit in that country that I don't think anybody in their right mind, unless they absolutely had no other choice, would want to go to the US. You know, you look at everything that he's repealing, uh, the safe havens that used to exist for some migrants that came to America that he's, you know, repealing. Uh, you look at how vindictive this administration has been. Uh, with, uh, you know, illegal immigrants in the U.S., uh, young women that are like 18 or teenagers that are having babies that are trying to get abortions that the Department of Justice continues to bring to court and tries to force them to have the baby even though they don't want to have the baby. Uh, That's the type of shit that makes your country look uglier and uglier to anybody on the outside looking in. And if you're an American that's looking at Trump's administration and you're proud and you're happy of what he's doing, good for you. But you're in the minority. You're in the 37 percent approval minority. The rest of the country, like the rest of the world, views the U.S. for what it is right now, which is, as Trump would call it, a shithole. Uh, And in addition to that, the more and more that you piss off immigrants and you, you make it harder for them to come into the country, and you also make it so that people don't even want to come into your country, the harder it's going to be for you to pay off your national debt. Good luck paying off your national debt with fewer taxpayers. A few months ago, the national debt for each citizen, you'd have to have each citizen pay back $60,000 plus for you to ever pay off your national debt. Now, if you don't have immigrants added to that mix, That number continues to increase, and it's increasing anyway by the second. Uh, So again, you know, it's the worst type of politics is what you're continuing to see from this administration, and it will have an impact if it hasn't already. And continuing to talk about Donald Trump, apparently... This idiot has a golf course plaque that honors a fake civil war battle that never actually happened at his golf course called the River of Blood. Historians have challenged him and asked him uh, how how exactly do you know that this happened? Do you think this really happened? And Trump's not answering because it actually did not take place. Uh, so, just another thing to fault Donald Trump about. Uh, then... I was watching, we were talking about the Raptors and Cavaliers game, of course I was watching that game and you could tell right away that they did not look like they were on the top of their game, the Cavaliers. It looked like they were out partying in Toronto last night, and sure enough, uh, they were. Uh, Apparently Drake had a new restaurant that he opened up, and he had Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and all those players there. Uh, Dwayne Wade apparently was celebrating his birthday there. Uh, So, you know, it's a shame that his birthday doesn't fall during the playoffs because the Cavaliers absolutely looked awful uh, In that game last night now to be fair, I haven't really watched a lot of Cavaliers games this year This is really the first time I've seen them play. Uh, I know Statistically their defense is shit because they're 29th in the league uh, but uh, Their defense just watching it. I I can't believe that it's that bad. Maybe I'm wrong You know, those of you guys that are Cavaliers fans, maybe you can let me know. You've watched more games of theirs than I have. But if that's how their defense is, I don't think they're going to get past the first round because that looked like absolute garbage. Uh, Their defense was absolutely shitty, and I don't think there's a trade that you can make to fix that. Uh, A lot of times they just looked like they were standing there as uh, the Raptors' second unit, really. Uh, Their kids just continued to pummel them. Uh, I don't want to believe that that's how they're playing, uh, but maybe that is. Statistically, it looks like that's how they're playing. But that was a horrible showing by the Cavaliers. And keep in mind, the Cavaliers had pretty much their whole roster playing. The Raptors didn't have Lowry playing, and they didn't have Ibaka playing. Lowry because of his injury, Ibaka because of the suspension. Uh, For the Raptors to win that game in a very meaningful game uh, was huge. Uh, But I, I almost don't want to believe that Cleveland is that bad uh, just because I've seen Cleveland destroy Toronto in the playoffs. Uh, so maybe it was just a result of them partying. I think that's what it was. Uh, but if that's how they're really playing, th- there's nothing that can fix that team. You could do all the trades you want. Uh, apparently before Jordan uh, did something to his, his uh, foot the other day, uh, there was rumors that, They might trade uh, a pick to get DeAndre Jordan from the Clippers, uh, but I don't think even he would help them. I I think that if that's how their defense is going to play, and obviously they are an older team, uh, you know, playing against youngsters like what the Raptors have now in their second unit, there's no way that Cleveland's going to be an issue for the Raptors in the playoffs Uh, if that's how they're going to play. Boston, on the other hand, might be a different story, especially if they can somehow get Gordon Hayward back. Uh, That might be more of a challenge. Don't get me wrong, no matter who makes it out of the East, uh, the West Coast winners will win the NBA Finals. There's no doubt about it. But I found that game to be very interesting. Also very interesting, uh, QZ.com tweeting out that Cape Town is not in an impending crisis, it's in a crisis, because they're gonna be the first major city to run out of water. Uh, and I unfortunately believe that the, the, the title of that article is very true because it says the first major city, the first major city. Um, I think it's gonna be the first of many uh, because of the way that we just squander the world's resources, unfortunately. Uh, then there was an interesting article from CBS Sports saying that Major League Baseball is 90% standing around and just about 18 minutes of actions. I think that's a little bit harsh as a baseball fan myself, but I did find that article pretty funny. Uh, And for those of you that are wondering, uh, Drake's restaurant that he had the Cavs over uh, in Toronto is the Pick 6 restaurant. Uh, So hopefully, if they do play the Cavaliers in Toronto, uh, Drake will host them (laughs) there (laughs) at least a couple of times to help out the Raptors. Then there was a good tweet from uh, Bill Maher. He was saying that a president should really check where his own country is in the rankings for literacy, infant mortality, life expectancy, infrastructure, income inequality, uh, percentage of women in government, etc. before saying who's the shithole country. And I would agree with that Uh, very much so. I think uh, the American exceptionalism, which we've done a podcast about, separate one way, way back, Uh, You know, there's too many Americans that don't know what it's like in other countries that say way too much. Um, America, as it turns out, uh, unfortunately for Americans, is not the best country in the world. It's not even close. Um, Especially in terms of just specifically what your tax dollars do for you. Uh, It's not even close. Uh, Then Alex uh, Sexero tweeted out, the Blue Jays reached a deal with Aaron Loop. Uh, I'm not too happy about that. I don't know if a lot of Blue Jays fans are. I don't really view him as, as a value-added relief pitcher. I think usually he comes into games and costs you runs, if anything. So I'm not too happy that they didn't just let him walk. Um, then there was this. A kid who, using a, pen, a pencil and paper, uh, making Star Wars songs... Uh, so I'm going to see if I can play this without getting c- kicked off of YouTube. And it's too soft to even hear the video. So if you're interested, you could check it out, twitter.com. Uh, very interesting situation there. They actually did two Star Wars songs, just with the sound of pencil on paper. Uh, and then of course, someone took it to the next level and said, actually, after double and triple checking my work, Han Solo did shoot first. So uh, pretty funny Star Wars references there. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure if you haven't already that you subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we're getting closer and closer to the 10,000 mark and closer and closer to the 100 subscribers. So thanks to everybody that is subscribed, that has subscribed, I should say, that's continuing to watch and listen to uh, the podcast. And we will see you on the next episode.